0: to the Digital Shop Talk podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Alex Porter. Uh, excited to be here to talk all things marketing and franchise with you today. We've got a, an esteemed guest with us, uh, Drew Townsend. Drew, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Alex. Uh,
0: it's great to talk with you again. Um, Drew, you've got an awesome history and background in both of these worlds. So, um, Can you tell me when did you first get involved in franchising? I guess it doesn't have to be how many years ago, but (laughs) how did you get first involved in the franchise world?
1: Um, I got out of college and I started working for an ad agency and a couple of our clients were small franchisors. And then I left there and went to work for some manufacturers and kind of um, came back to franchising through the agency world and then directly with a franchisor.
0: Gotcha. So tell me, in those early days at the ad agency, what were what was the main kind of the projects that we were working on there?
1: Gosh, we were doing things like television ads. We were doing direct mail, um, trusted, tried, all true, yellow pages, um, trying to make sure that franchisors were doing the umbrella marketing and then franchisees had the tools that they needed to execute locally. Wow. Um, Yeah.
0: So fast forward a few years and it's still it's the more things change, the more things stay the same a little bit.
1: That is so true. There's so many things that are happening in the world today. So, I mean, you just have to read the news or, you know, run a marketing department or a business or even just be a consumer. And you can just see all these forces that are uh, merging on each other. And there's always been things that you can't control, obviously, in, in marketing. But we have so many of them now, you know, with Uh, labor with all the great resignation and great recession and everybody wanting the work-life balance and work from home and just, you know, that whole labor thing really changes and impacts service, right? And it impacts consistency and you've got data and all all the rules around data privacy and what people expect and that affects targeting and tracking and what the, all the different channels are providing, right? And costs are increasing so you've got prices that are changing Crazy. so many things right and then you mix in the whole on-demand world where people want things you know shipped yesterday and streaming when they want to and it's just it's a lot for marketers to take in i think
0: yeah i mean it's it's like you could have a separate conversation or, or strategy around each one of of these forces that are you know, impacting our marketing plans across everything that we do right now. Um, mm-hmm. Curious. So uh, the, the the data piece is one that is a very hot topic. Um, I'm sure that you won't be terribly surprised that when we speak to various people in the franchise world, the data is, is somewhat ill-defined in terms of who owns it, where it is, how it's structured, how it's shared. Um, I see it as a really big threat in the, in the franchise space, just with the lack of kind of confidence around the data and the ownership can you tell me a little bit about just in your experience with data in the marketing world um you know we kind of talked you mentioned umbrella versus local how those two pieces tie together it's it's such a unique challenge in the franchise space but talk to a little bit about how the data world right now is impacting marketing in general and and what brands can need to kind of do or think about it
1: mm-hmm. um so many of the brands that i've had experience with have either data silos or their data, they're not really collecting a lot of data or not good data. There's not one source of truth. Um, You know, franchisees have some data, corporate has some data. Sometimes the franchisor will have data to be able to do email blasts and things like that. But just the idea that there is so much data, it's siloed and it's really important to be able to get to the data to make good decisions. And then I think on top of that, you know, Facebook, Google, all the different channels that people are typically advertising in are cutting back on the data that they're providing, which makes it even harder to make decisions.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Like who actually does own the data in the franchise world because they have is, I'm assuming that each brand probably within their agreement has that disclosed. Yes. Do Do they have to share the real revenue? I'm assuming that has to be done because they're often built off of it. But just the aggregation of that data in a meaningful way as a marketer, because if you look at each one of those local programs by itself, you can get some information from it. But when you aggregate, you know, 500 local campaigns together, now you're really got a lot of data at your fingertips from a marketing kind of optimization standpoint. So how do you break through that silo? What do you you know, what have you seen work or what would your recommendation be to, to, to marketers to get a grasp on that data?
1: I think there needs to be, you know, one source of truth, one database that's controlled by a very small number of people, the IT department or the legal department or right. whatever that is that has the ability to um, have data uh, pushed out and, and pulled in at whatever protection level they have but i think the key is having trying to get to a place where you have one source of data and then being able to run reports on it you know not just having the it guys or the executive team or whoever run reports but you've got to be able to have that data access accessible yeah at least an aggregate to a lot more people on the teams to be able to try to make good decisions whether it's marketing or operations or you know franchise development yeah. Um, and, that, and that's challenging. You know, last year, last two years, really, I think it's been all about building operational efficiencies for brands, you know, trying to make sure that they had curbside or that they had, um, they have curbside or that they had e-commerce. It had to be about the operations, right? But hopefully as 2022 and 23, as we look more about into those more, it'll be easier to start spending money on, again, on data and marketing and really trying to not just Fix the band aid, you know, with the the pandemic, but really get back to trying to market with with good tools and with good yeah. information.
0: I feel like they they almost they have to right. It's not a it's not a nice to have now. There's going to be I think kind of legal implications around it if they don't if they can't kind of validate that the, they're using the data proper, properly and just really inefficient. If if it if they don't leverage the data, there there's a huge potential for a lot of a lot of wasted spend.
1: And, and also governance and legalities, right? Because you have policies that are likely going to become laws on how to gather data, who has access to data, um, you know what their requirements for disclosing and protecting that are. And, and I think customers too expect you to protect their data. They don't want to give up even voluntarily much more than they have to right? an email address, a phone number, the basic right. kind of things, um, just as long as they're getting valued from that. But then you get into the whole thing where you've got credit cards and yeah. and you know a lot more information. Then it gets really more important to protect that data.
0: Yeah, and- I saw a pretty funny meme the other day or something that was like trying to go to a website these days is you you go, you have to accept all the cookies. Then you have to do the thing and then they'll give you a pop up because they want to get your email for first party data. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you do that, then they' get you back. so it's like a nine step process to do anything on a website right now it's it's become like overwhelming
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to, and, to and consumers
1: this, yes, the same thing with an app too right you have to you know download it, put a password, put a credit card I mean, it's right. just all I want to do is order some food <laughs> We're
0: like creating more and more friction that's what I love like anything that I can just do with with my Google pay button or you know, anything with Amazon is just, okay, I can do this with like literally my fingerprint. Okay, perfect.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So, so with this data, with all the things happening, what are some ideas for, for marketers to kind of make sense of all, or how do you, what do you focus on? Like what, what could, what should marketers do that they actually can have an impact of?
1: I think they really need to figure out what their important metrics are to them. You know, is it visitors to your website? Is it number of clicks on your different ads? Is it sales? Is it registrations? Is it, you know, what, what are those things that really matter? And find ways to collect data around those and also to store that data. There's so much out there that I don't even, you know, you just think about when you need when you a Google search and something comes up. The next day that you didn't even know existed in the world, but suddenly you're like, "Hey, I could use that." Right. So some of that, some right. of that data is great. But I think for marketers, it's, it's knowing what you really need or what you really want from the data. What are you trying to measure and why? And then just making sure that it's actionable, so that you know, because there is so much data. When you think about your email marketing program, your search, your you know all the different components of your marketing that don't typically roll up into one easy to use database and companies, but right. there's so much out there. So you know if you really if you figure out what you really need to know and, and find ways to gather that and work around it, it's a lot to me, it's a lot more uh a better use of time and it's a better use of information. Um
0: all right so tell me give me some predictions. It's still prediction season. So predictions for franchising over the next year. Um There's so much swirling out there in the franchising world from the government side to labor issues to, you know, this data thing we just talked about. What what uh, what, give me some predictions over the next 12 months?
1: I think that um, one of them is that we talked a little bit about the operation efficiencies were the kind of the big theme the last two years. I think it has to go back to customer experience and to making it simple to do business with. Brands, franchise stores, I'll give you a one little sob story. We were, I was in an out of town and I was with a bunch of people and we wanted to order some fast food at a place that I don't normally go. So I download the app, put the password, put the credit card, do the whole thing. And I check off that I'm going to pick it up inside the, the location. I drive there. I get in, I get out. There's two doors. but They're both locked, but there's cars there. So I get in the drive through, get to the uh-huh. window and say, is this where I get my mobile order? Anyway, fast forward. Now I've been in line by the time I get to the window you know, six or seven minutes have passed and I'm not happy. And um they give me the food and it's one little bag. And I have, I know I have six orders. So we go through this progression of more and more, you know, where's the rest? Where's the rest? Finally the manager comes to the window and you know I'm kind of huffy and I say, you know what, you should change your app to say that you're not open inside because I did this and chose open inside and now my food is 10 minutes colder than if I had just driven through. Right. And as I drove away, I was like, that was kind of mean, but, um, <laughs> but, it, but but it made me realize, you know, that's just one example of where a franchise work can really help a franchisee by having, giving them the right digital tools. Because yeah, if yeah. that manager, franchisee, GM, whatever he was, had been able to say, we're not open inside today. He, he went on to tell me that he didn't have enough people to open inside, which is why he wasn't open inside, but you know, he couldn't change the app. Right. But, but had he have done that, you know, it would have been a better experience for me, for him, for his team, all of that. So I think oh, one of the things God. that franchisors really need to, and, I, and, I, and that's not easy. And I, I, I also know that, you know, I know when you've got hundreds of locations and people and tools, just the the cost to build, the cost to implement it and the cost to train. It's, it's not necessarily all easy, but just giving them tools so that they can, present themselves well in a digital world and run their business in a digital right. world from a marketing standpoint. I think that is hopefully a prediction is of good things that can happen.
0: Some consistency. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's consistency is of experience for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, was, it's
0: interesting. You mentioned the app scenario because I was, I was in a similar situation where it was a, obviously I know this, but the average person won't know this. I know that the location was a corporate owned location for one of our clients. And I, tried to order an app and it just didn't even exist in the app. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so this is just a franchise app. So what a weird experience is for me as a consumer. I'm standing in front of this location and I literally can't order, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but with, no, <laughs> yeah. with no understanding of why. Right. Right? Right. So, right. so yeah. super bizarre.
1: <laughs> I think another franchise prediction will be that there will be more small town focus. It seems like from a franchise sales standpoint, anyway. Okay. Um, uh, franchise sales. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of people are thinking this will be a great year, sell a lot of franchises. I think that there's also the chance that people are going to say, I have this great job, I can live in Oregon, and I work right. in Illinois, and I'm making a ton of money, and I get to, I don't have to wear, you know, dry cleaning or whatever. So I think that um, that, that that'll still be a challenge somewhat this year, especially with the way the just again, all the, all the market forces are impacting. Yeah. Um, but, but I think small towns provide a huge opportunity from a marketing standpoint because you can own them. You know, if you are the only location or one of a couple locations of that type of business or, um, you know, franchise, then you can really get involved in the community. You can... Um, own oh, the digital portion of obviously of, of that market area. Yeah, um, I just think that a lot of big towns, small towns. I mean, a lot of big towns. Uh, a lot of companies have sold are sold out in those you know really terrific markets from a franchise sale standpoint, particularly older brands. Um, but small markets can still provide, and people are moving to small markets, right? If you have a job and you're able to work from home or work from anywhere, you you might have moved to someplace small, so you might yeah. Yeah, own that I, franchise.
0: People are the great. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. You kind of touched on a lot of things there, right? The, the resignation, the opportunity, what's out there? It's, you know, the I think the most recent report is that last year the franchise sales overall was was pretty, it didn't go down, but it certainly went down in some sectors, but went way up in other ones. So there was mm-hmm. a overall, it was there was growth, but it was definitely sector dependent. Do you? I know we only have a little bit of time left. Would you is now a good time to to be in franchising? Is it is it um would you start a franchise right now if, if you were given the opportunity?
1: You know, I think it's always a good time to be in franchising because it is a concept that you're, you're, you're buying into a concept that ideally is proven. It's got systems. It's got a brand name. Um, it's got operating support, marketing support. So I, I think franchising in general, it's probably always a good time to get into a franchise just because you have the assistance of getting your business started and then ongoing support.
0: Yeah, there, it takes a lot of the pain out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and assuming that it's a, you know, a product or a service or a pizza that people like, it, uh, it should do well.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Crossed, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So we're wrapping up here. What about I predictions for the Dallas Cowboys next year? <laughs> <they win. laughs>
1: well, the Dallas Cowboys need to get rid of their owner. <laughs> the I don't dog. think
0: that's, I don't <laughs> think that's possible. <laughs>
1: I agree. It's probably not possible. But who do you have for the Super Bowl?
0: Um, you know, I've been wrong all year. So I'm going to go with uh, Stafford, just that would be nice. Uh, the Rams. Yeah. That'd be a nice story for him. To yeah. Go
1: out. I'm kind of leaning towards Cincinnati. It's kind of the Gonzaga, Cinderella of basketball right? years ago. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, this episode releases before the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, Drew, if people want to find you these days, is LinkedIn the best spot?
1: LinkedIn would be the best spot.
0: All right, It's Drew, D-R-U-E, for all of you that might be wanting to connect with Drew to learn more about her experience in franchising, franchise marketing. And you're still, what are you doing these days?
1: I have an LLC that's called the uh, Outside View Consulting, and I am helping brands um, kind of have an outside perspective. Sometimes you get so caught up in the day-to-day that you get too emotional or you miss some things. And I just think it's nice to have an outside view. So I'm trying to help brands that need a little help do that.
0: And is that in the franchising space or any, any, it's actually,
1: it's actually in franchising and also in just business in general, kind of small to medium sized businesses, but my heart is always, you know, in franchising. So.
0: Well, I have had the opportunity to work with Drew for a few, many years at this point. And um yeah. If anybody needs some perspective on franchising in general or marketing and franchise marketing, I would trust Drew over just about anyone out there. So Aww, thank you thank so you. much for your time on our podcast. And I hope to see you in person
1: soon. I know. Thanks. It was a, it was fun being on it. And I would love to see you one of these days as well.
0: Maybe at a Derek Trucks concert. That
1: would be fun. <laughs> at Red Rocks. <laughs> yeah,
0: <right. laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks, Alex.